Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Coming back in on WWL, I'm Jeff Nowak, Charlie Long, behind the glass. And the Saints season is over. The NFL season is not, but the Saints season is over. And thankfully, we can now turn our attention to the sizzling, and I don't use that term lightly, sizzling Pelicans. They are blowing people out. They've won two games in a row by 30-plus points on the road. What is this team? And uh, no one better to talk about it with than Ali Kosell from the Bird Rights. You know, we're going to get into this. How are you doing tonight, Ali? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Everybody out there, was it Jeff, Steve, and Charlie, right? Yeah, yeah Steve, Steve's on the IR tonight, Ali. It's just going to be Jeff. Yeah, Steve's hanging out on a couch somewhere. Yeah, but uh, Ali, I wanted to actually, you know, this this road win streak, like they're on a winning streak by themselves right now. Great start to January, but seven straight wins on the road. Yep. Majority of them by double digits. I mean, they've just been red hot away from the Smoothie King Center. Now it's always nice to pick up those wins at home, but just how well they've been playing away from the Smoothie King Center this season has been really nice to see, especially because they kind of struggled last year. Yeah, not only last year, but to start this season, right. uh, they struggled to where I know everybody was talking about it maybe after the first six weeks or so. Um, I, I want to say they were three and seven, four and seven at the time when we were really talking about it. And since that time, I guess they took it right to heart because they haven't lost a single road game. And I think that speaks volumes, honestly, how good this team is on paper. You know, they've been playing pretty darn well for the last two months, but they've gotten even better because now they've got right the full assortment of troops Almost everybody's back or has been back for most of the games for, for now weeks. And now you're seeing guys right, finding their rhythm. Um, I, I can't point to nobody more than, say, Jose or, or Larry Nance, especially since they've returned what they've been able to do. So you add it to a starting lineup. that the, Obviously, the, the main stars, they don't care where they get the 30 points, right? They're not out there for their own stats. And, it, and it's been really noticeable these last couple of weeks where Brandon's maybe getting 12 shots in a game, ending up with 15 points. Same thing with Zion. So the Stars are still collectively putting up the stats, right? They're getting to about 50, 60 points collectively along with, say, 15 assists. But it's really just everybody's sharing in the wealth. And, and it's made, right, the basketball enjoyable, not only for us to watch, but for them to play. They've all constantly told us when they play like this, it's just the best basketball they're, they're playing of their lives, right, in terms of having that much fun while still getting paid and you're winning. But there's no better combination – Jonas Valanciunas has told us now for years. And when you've got everybody doing it, yeah, it's a special product. And so I hope fans are paying attention. Right, Saints is over. Pelicans still seemingly are trending upwards, right? You just mentioned now they're not only winning, but they're winning by double digits. 
So, yeah, this team's on a rise up the Western Conference standings. And it's interesting that you mentioned that about sharing the wealth, Ali. I mean, last night was the perfect example of it in Golden State, which, I mean, the, it's been like a house of nightmares for the, a lot of teams, but specifically the Pelicans in recent years, to go in there and just smoke them from the get-go. Like the first quarter all the way through, it wasn't really even within single digits. Pelicans controlled the game throughout. And, I mean, you'll listen to – and I'll ask you about the defense later on. You'll listen to Zion talk post game. He's just like, oh, it starts with our defense, everything like that. But if you're looking at the offense, you had eight guys score over 12 points. Like, it wasn't, you know, any one single player. And that's how you get to 141, by the way. It wasn't any single player like Zion or B.I. going for 35 or 40 points in a game. It was all the guys contributing. And we've talked about the depth on this team. I mean, it was on full display last night in Golden State. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they raced out to a 15-4 lead on the strength of nothing but five three-pointers, and four of them, right, two from Herb, two from JV. So, yeah, B.I. and Zion didn't even get in the scoring column because I know C.J. had that fifth three-pointer. And, yeah, that, that directly shows exactly what you're talking about. This team is so talented that now they're winning with three, the three-point shot, and that's something we've barely talked about. But you saw what Trey and Jordan Hawkins, when they entered the game, what they were able to do. I mean, for the Pelicans to make, what was it, nine threes in the first quarter, get up 16 of those shot attempts from the outside, that's something the Warriors do. That's something the Dallas Mavericks, Boston Celtics, all these other teams strive to do, but not the Pelicans. But now that they're fully healthy, now that they've got guys kind of, you know, looking for one another, knowing what, what, what they really want to do offensively, right? B.I.'s looking for guys, same thing with Z and C.J. They're just hitting um, each other in, in the perfect spots. So, yeah, I, it's it's hard to describe. The defense has been there now for probably the last year and a half. But now this offense is turning into something special. Right? You always had the bowling ball with Zion Williamson when he's healthy in the lineup. And you see what others can do. But now that they're stretching this all the way out to the three-point line, I mean, look, since I lost the Lakers, fourth best offense, first best de- or the first overall defense in the league. So that just shows you really this team is really scratching its potential. And it, it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, so so the 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 cliche that comes to mind is like fool me once, you know, where okay, so the, this time last year, right? We're talking about all the same stuff. They're up toward the top of the Western Conference, and then the bottom falls out. You have injuries, you have some inconsistencies. They can't find a way to get any wins. I think it was what a ten game losing streak at one point. You know what is different this year that will prov- you know obviously you hope to avoid the injuries, right? But it, what about this team is different from last year's team? where I shouldn't be living in constant fear of them falling all the way down the conference standings like they did last year. Yeah, so that experience actually taught them a lot. And a lot of them individually did certain things to improve to make sure that they can be on the court. For instance, Brandon's played 33 straight games, so he really worked on his conditioning. Zion, I know it's been an up-and-down battle, but he at least has acknowledged he has a problem over the summer. And now I think, what, the last month or so, right, especially since Las Vegas, He's probably looked as good as he has all season, right? Against the Lakers, for instance, he was scoring over Anthony Davis, who I think is the best defender in the in the game today, and he did it at least three or four times. So I think Zion's back athletically. So that was the number one thing, right? Players work on what was keeping them back. For Jose, it was the outside shot. We're seeing him, same thing with Najee, close to 40%. So you, those guys worked on that this summer. Then you also just went through that adversity, right? We were talking through the players through that 10-game losing streak, and for most of it, they were kind of like, well, we were this team for the first two and a half months, and we'll get back to that eventually. But I think they probably now know you can't take anything for granted. Zion never returned. They just never could find their rhythm, even though B.I. returned. A lot of the other guys did as well. So maturity 
it, it, it's as high as it's ever been, especially with this young core. And I think that's the biggest key. Now CJ's words, Larry's, even JV's, they don't go unheeded, right? These guys know what it takes to win. And I think that's what turns you into a winner. First, you need the talent, but then you need the talent to learn to play with each other. And then you prepare yourself, right? You work on your weaknesses, but you also make sure you're going to be ready for, like I said, when that adversity strikes. And you know it's going to happen, right? I mean, really only the Kings last season made it through largely unscathed to where their top seven guys probably missed a combined, I want to say I heard, 15 games. That just doesn't happen in the league. So you know more guys are going to miss time for the Pelicans. But I think they're better prepared to handle it. And we're seeing that. On the top of the individual improvement, right, Trey's better. You can't deny that a lot of these young guys are better now than they have ever been before in their careers. But like I said, now when somebody goes down, you just feel more confident that this team is just more focused and knowing how to persevere through it. We've talked about CJ a couple times, Ollie, and I mean his leadership has been outstanding, but the standout player from last night's game, I mean the leading scorer, Jonas Valanciunas, when Golden State kind of started to make a little bit of a push to get their crowd back into it in the third quarter, you know exactly what I'm talking about here, Ali. Jonas just went on a roll. Like they kept feeding the big man and he was working Trace Jackson Davis, the rookie for Golden State. I think he scored 15 points in the third quarter and he was like on 7-7 shooting. I mean, just having Jonas be that consistent guy day in and day out, but to where also when he's called when his name is called upon, he can perform like he did last night. Yeah, look, Willie Green knows that he's got a few constants, but one is JV, and he's proven that since he's arrived in New Orleans. And this season, he's a guaranteed 14-10 and 10 on 60% shooting, and now he's giving you the best steal percentages of his uh, career, blocks, right? He's doing all these other things, shooting threes at a higher clip than he ever has in his 11 years, uh, his 11-year career. So he's made himself fit better into this team. So while the, the points aren't as high, the rebounding isn't as high, He's checking all the other boxes that are necessary for what I think for this team to be successful. And so, yeah, to your point, I think he's invaluable. I think he's a guy that I hope Pels fans have realized after watching this half year, because uh, we're almost through 40 games now, that he shouldn't probably be traded, right? Because if you think about it, you complain about maybe having too much defense on the court when, you, when you've got Herb Dyson out there, maybe some other combinations. Well, what if you were to get rid of JV's offense, which is completely invaluable when Zion has to miss a game or two? And then you replace it with somebody that's just defensive-minded, like a Jared Allen in Cleveland, um, like a Nick Claxton in New Jersey. No, I think, honestly, JV, having an offensive-oriented player who doesn't give up that much defensively is the key for this team. And when you do need more defense, you've got Larry Nance on the bench, right? And if you feel like you need more, then make a trade if you don't think you can trust Cody Zeller. But JV, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think he's been spectacular. I know the players all love him, coaching staff. And and I hope the fans start appreciating because he's in the last year of his – deal and I really think it behooves the Pelicans probably to maybe offer him another two-year deal right work to getting that future guy that you want to eventually be the future at that position at the center position but for right now I think JV's as good as you're going to get and and he's pretty darn good I put Cody Zeller in the in the category of human victory cigars you know the guys you (laughs) the guys you feature when you're up by 30 uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Jeff Withy was one of those guys. I don't know if you remember Jeff yes, Withy. Every time yeah. he got in the game, it was like, we're winning. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, just to go back to Zion a little bit, because I think Zion is just fascinating. And, you know, you'll hear every couple of weeks uh, there'll be a new cycle. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans. That's why he's out of shape. And, you know, all this nonsense. But, uh, you know, one of the things that struck me and, you know, just kind of kind of casually watching the Pelicans uh, so far this season is, you know, as, as I watched Zion in the first couple of years of his career, there's always these like, in these incredible moments, the athleticism, the size, particularly on offense. But what's bugged me 
a lot throughout his career is you don't see that on defense. I remember watching him at Duke, and he was constantly making impact plays on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the floor, whether it was scooping scores, whether it was crazy blocks. I remember when he blocked DeAndre Hunter on a three from like halfway across the court, mm-hmm. and you just saw these moments where you're like, that's the guy. That's the number one overall pick, and it's obvious because you can see it. Those are the plays that I hadn't seen throughout the first maybe three years of his career. I don't know if a lot of that was fitness, if some of it was just kind of working his way in. I feel like we've seen more of that this year. Tell me if I'm wrong, but there have been some blocks. There have been some chase down, you know, plays. He seems to be more active on that side of the floor. And, you know, you can talk about the fitness or whatever. I think a lot, so much of defense is wanting to do it, is just the willingness to go out and, and give that extra percent of whatever it is. And I'm just curious if you agree with that. Have you seen that uh, this year? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And you used the key word there, active. Right, for instance, last season, before he got hurt, we started seeing him have some of those highlight defensive plays, right, whether it's steals or blocks. And a lot of them came during clutch minutes. I remember he, because of it, he won a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, where he also had the points. We saw it in, against, in, in a victory over OKC. But it wasn't throughout a game, right? You didn't have a sustained defensive effort by Zion throughout a game, where he was honestly in better shape. Now we're seeing it. And so I'm with you. He, he's never been more focused since coming to the NBA on that end of the court. And the same goes for Brandon Ingram, right? So now suddenly you've got your two best players out there in the court, bring it on both ends as to where just two years ago, they were definitely just really giving you on one side of the court. And, and that's an issue because then that, that's when you need to surround players with great defensive guys, right? You need multiple defensive players. And as we're seeing, that's not really a recipe for success in the NBA, no matter how good your two stars are. I mean, look at how Anthony Davis and LeBron James are playing this year. I think they're playing their best basketball in a couple of years. Easy. And yet they're below 500 because the rest of their team honestly isn't very good. David Griffin's had now the pleasure of being able to draft both offense and defense, but there's some guys that can give you on both ends. But now suddenly, like I said, you may not need a Herb Jones to close with until you can give Trey or even a Jordan Hawkins minutes in clutch time because suddenly Zion's not a, you know, a traffic cone. Same thing with B.I. And then yeah, I mean, look, players, you want your best players to lead. And when you bring on both ends of the court, it's a lot easier to be a leader. So there's multiple things that are happening here that are great to see, right? So, yeah, that, that's the best word you can use, right? Brandon and Zion, they're just more active. They're just basically giving more of a darn on every single possession. And that's something that's rare. But we hope, and I think it's here to stay, because they're winning, right? Winning seems to always push the right buttons. And as long as they keep doing that, I think we'll continue to see it. Ali, looking ahead, I mean, there's three games left on this five-game road trip and starting on Friday in Denver. I watched the Denver Nuggets actually last night against the Utah Jazz, and they, they, had, a lot, they had a lot of defensive issues against Utah. They looked, like the, they looked like the Pelicans whenever they play the Jazz, so the Pels typically struggle with them. I know they won that last matchup, thankfully, uh, but the, the Utah was just all over Denver in that game. But one thing that did stick out to me was that earlier today, New Orleans Pelicans on X posted C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, all questionable for the Nuggets game on Friday. And I'm looking ahead at the schedule they got a really important back-to-back in Dallas the first that game on Saturday and then they also play in Dallas for a second straight game on Monday and I want to get your thoughts on this kind of three-game stretch starting with the game in Denver and who you kind of expect to play yeah so I know some of the guys are actually battling some small stuff and that's what happens when you get to the middle of the season they've largely been playing like I said Brandon's played in 33 straight He's never done that before in a New Orleans uniform. And he's had uh, previous problems with his Achilles, right? There's certain parts of a body for an athlete that, you know, it kind of comes and goes, right? So with B.I., I know it's definitely real. Zion and, and both Trey, they both kind of 
sustained kind of contact to where it's kind of led to where the, the medical staff's been worried about them moving forward, right? You always want players to be at 100% so they're landing correctly, taken off correctly. Otherwise, you're putting unnecessary stress, and that's what they say leads to injuries. So that's why I think they're there as well, listed on the injury report. But CJ, I know he's got that ankle, but look, he's almost always played whenever he's been questionable. So that's another thing you look at. How many of these players typically play through when they do get lists on the injury report? So for Denver, I honestly expect probably for CJ and maybe at least one of the other guys to play. And hopefully then you'll have everybody ready to tackle that back-to-back set in Dallas. Because, look, I think you've started off this road trip 2-0, and and you probably now are looking for a big prize, right? You would have been happy with 2-3, and three, definitely 3-2. Three and two, But now I think why not and see if you can get at least two of these next three. And I'm hoping that's what they're thinking as well. Yeah, I mean, you got to be thinking it at this point because if you're looking at the West standings, Ali, I mean, the Mavericks are just one game back of the Pelicans. This two-game slate in Dallas is gigantic. Another team that I was watching, I was watching the Dallas Mavericks back on Tuesday when they hosted uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. They did not look very good in that game either uh, against a Grizzlies team without John Moran. I think Marcus Smart was hitting a bunch of threes in that matchup. But one thing that stood out to me was that sometimes with the Mavericks, like they have very strong top-level talent. I don't think anyone would disagree with that with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. But the other guys, if they don't show up, Ali, sometimes it looks ugly. And that's what it looked like against Memphis at home, where you see Luka and Kyrie combined for 64 of their 103 points in that matchup, and they lose by 17 points to the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant. So I want to get your thoughts on this matchup against the Mavericks. I mean, looking a little bit ahead on, of course, Saturday and then Monday. Yeah, it's much like Denver to where they're overly relying offensively on Jokic and then Jamal Murray. And when especially when Jokic sits, all of a sudden you see, right, all the numbers point to Denver's just not very good to where the opponent usually gets the better of you. And that's why we've seen, I think, Denver's lost two of their last three. Same thing goes with Dallas. You don't know what you're going to get from them. They've had some very good ones. I know they um, lost or they, they destroyed a couple of uh, games against the Trailblazers. I think they had one win against Minnesota, another loss recently. But, yeah, they'll lose some bad games too, like you mentioned to Utah. And they, they've had some other struggles as well. So they're more unpredictable than, say, the Pelicans, who I think are bringing it better on both ends of the court. That's where Dallas, they truly just rely on an offense, right? Their offense leads to playing better defense. Like, for instance, people are now saying Luke is playing some better defense. Well, that to me means he's actually just trying on some plays defensively, right? When you watch him, you can't really compare it to what he's doing, like, say, a Herb Jones or somebody like that. But for him, in order to get to that position, it's because he starts off a game well offensively. That's where the Pelicans, it's entirely the opposite. So what you want to do is what you kind of saw, I think the Pelicans did at home when they played them in a back-to-back set, right? First game, Luka, Kyrie, really, what would they go for? Over 60 points. I remember a ton of assists, a lot of threes. And let's face it, the Pelicans were blown out. They couldn't catch up to when Dallas posted was at over 130 points. But then the second game, they limited those two guys, thereby cutting off the head of the snake. And I think we're going to see that again. I think you're going to see a lot more minutes for Dyson. Herb's going to be planted on one of those two, Luca or, or Kyrie. And then, of course, you're going to be always trying to give help. So they're always going to be looking at double teams. I think that's probably the best thing about this defense. No longer, I think, does Willie Green just rely on, say, Herb, like they tried to against John Morant and the Grizzlies where they blew that 24-point lead. They're trying now collectively, even though you still trust, right, you're one of the best defenders in the game. And, Herb, you're also going to make sure that you're not going to get beat. And I think that's what we're going to see against Dallas. Luke and Kyrie, they're not going to beat the Pelicans. They're going to have to find somebody else, too. And that, of course, 
is a t- more difficult proposition, right? They don't have a Trey Murphy. They don't have a C.J. McCollum, somebody that you can rely on more consistently. Yeah, I think one of the wildest things about this team is that not only do they have a pretty impressive record, they have like all of their losses are games that they led by 10 points at some mm-hmm. point. It's kind of wild, but thanks so much. Ali Kosell, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights. Great insight as always, and uh, have a good night, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys are the same. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Ali. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.